Well, good morning. It is good to see so much red in the house this morning. And it is a big day in the life of the church. Pentecost Sunday, the birth of the church by the breaking in of the Holy Spirit. Leanne in a newsletter said that this is when the church learned to walk. We know that if you're a, if you're a parent, you know that when your children reach the age of walking, that life changes. Nothing is the same. Everything needs to be a little higher and a little further out of reach. It's a big day. A very big day. And I have struggled with how, how to dress Pentecost Sunday for us this morning. I have been thinking and working with this for a couple of weeks, and I've had all kinds of different thoughts on, on how the best to address this powerful and beautiful passage. It is a powerful and beautiful work of God. It is miraculous what, what is happening on Pentecost Sunday. You know, this is Pentecost was the the second of three pilgrimage festivals in the, in the in the Jewish religion. It follows the 50th day after Passover. In Passover, pilgrims from all over would travel to Jerusalem to offer their sacrifices in the temple. And then 50 days later, they would pilgrimage again back to Jerusalem to the temple to offer thanks and to offer a thanksgiving sacrifice to God in the temple for the spring harvest. It would happen again in the fall for the fall harvest. But this is 50 days after Passover. And we find the apostles, these, these 11 original apostles, and now the 12th of Matthias has been added to their number. And there are others there. We don't know how many, but there were a lot. And they were probably somewhere in this temple complex, in some, in some building or some house. There they gathered for prayer and teaching and preaching. And as they were gathered in that room, Something miraculous happening, something beyond words, beyond description. And the best we can think of is fire, like fire descending upon each of them. Each of these followers, tongues of flames resting above them, and they began to speak. These Galileans, people from the backwater of Galilee, with their thick accents began to speak in different languages. And all of these pilgrims who were nearby began to hear the rush of this wind, this powerful, violent wind, maybe like a hurricane, pounding against that building, whistling through the columns and porticos. What a disturbance. And so they began to gather around those gathered apostles and they began to hear these apostles speak, preach, and teach, but not in their Galilean language. Nope, it was in different languages, languages that scattered across the world. How do we explain that? How do we, how do we get our hands and head around this event that would change the world forever? I struggled. I kept thinking, well, this is a powerful event. This is, this is all of the, the, the Jews of the diaspora. They have gathered back. 
God has gathered them back under one roof, under one God, under one faith, and is speaking to them in their own language. A sense of unity out of diversity. Or maybe, maybe it's recalling old, old empires. The Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Babylonian Empire, and the Assyrian Empire. All of these empires that are long ago forgotten. Maybe God is bringing together friend and enemy under one roof, under one faith, one God. I just struggled. Some scholars think it's the the geographic locations identified in some zodiac calendar. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. But I began to think, and I began to think, what in the world could this possibly mean? And it occurred to me that maybe it's as simple that God is doing something amazing in our midst. You know, when I was an associate at Dothan First United Methodist Church, we were going on a mission trip, and we were going to Brazil. It was the second or third time I had gone, and um, we were going to go, and I was going to be the leader of this mission trip, and um, our, our executive pastor, Wayne Helms, was talking to the Methodist missionary, Jim Goodwin, who lived in Brazil, had lived in Brazil for 50 years. He was about 76 years old, and he, was, he had lived his whole life, his adult life in Brazil. He, he was more Brazilian than he was Alabama, and he was from North Alabama. They probably thought of him. Who is this, this guy from Alabama with that thick southern drawl speaking Portuguese? Well, Wayne and, and Jim were talking, and Jim apparently said something like, well, we're going to have a couple of worship services. We'd love to have a couple of your people speak. Offer the message that day. And I heard Wayne say, well, we've got Lester Stewart's going. He's... He's a lay speaker. He would love to be a part of that. He'll love to preach. He'll, he'll preach. And then we've got Sterling going. He's our associate pastor. He, he'll love to preach. And I thought, what? I said earlier in our earlier service that I was a, a young associate, but I was not young. I was new, but I wasn't young. And I thought, I don't, I don't know if I want to preach. I didn't preach every Sunday. I preached maybe once every year or two. That's when I preached. And Wayne's like, oh, he would love it. He'll do a great job. We'll put Sterling up there. He'll do it. And so I got on the plane and flew to Brazil. And as soon as I got off the plane, there was Jim. And he was, he, Jim was this bigger-than-life guy. I bet he was 6'4", maybe 240, 76 years old. And his, and his, his whole persona was just bigger than life. He was friendly and just boisterous and loud, and and he just took up the whole space. He was in the perfect place as a missionary in Brazil. They loved him in Brazil. And he was talking to me, and he said, Well, uh, we'll get Lester to speak in the morning, um, and you will speak in the the evening, and that's the bigger service. That's the praise service. It'll, it'll, It'll be a lot of people there. And why don't you do that service? And Lester, he'll, he'll do the morning prayer service. And I thought, oh, okay. So there I was, waiting for my turn to preach. And I, I went to the morning service, and Lester read from John. No, John? Read from John. And then I read the same passage at night. Lester gave a wonderful 
wonderful sermon, powerful sermon. And I got up and I read the passage and my hands were just, I could barely hold the Bible. I was just shaking like a leaf. And I had my sermon all written down. The manuscript was in front of me. And I, and I, and I stood up and I started reading. And, and Jim, Jim, he was standing next to me and he was translating. As I read the passage, the gospel, he was reading the passage in, in Portuguese. And then when I stopped reading, he stopped. And then I started in my sermon. And I started reading. And, then, and if, you're, if you've ever spoken through an, an interpreter or translator, you know you have to stop. You read a little bit or you say a little bit and you stop and you wait. Well, I was doing that and I was making my way through. And I knew that it was horrible. It was just falling flat. And I knew that I was just getting through it. And I was been so glad when it was over. And so I was up there and I, was, I, I, had, I had put my best effort into this sermon and this paper. And then when I got up there, I was nervous as a cat. But I let it go and I just offered what I could. And Jim was just going, bigger than life. And then when I finished, he continued a little more, and all of a sudden, people started getting up. And the band started playing, and people were coming down to the front, and they were crowding in on the chancel area, and they were just, I mean, they were, it was packed. There was no one left in the pews. They were all crowding in to the chancel area, and I'm standing there going, what is happening? And Jim goes, you need to go down there. They come to see you. I'm like, what, what did you say? And so I walked down into the chancel, and people were just reaching out to touch me. And I thought, my goodness, I don't know what was said this evening. I have no idea what Jim has done. I don't know what I have done, and I surely don't know what God has done. But God did something powerful that night in the midst of these people. And he did something powerful in my midst. And God does something powerful in our midst on Pentecost. And he does something powerful for us every day. Because God's spirit comes down like a violent wind. This is no soft inbreaking like Jesus did, born, born as a mere child. Wrapped in swaddling clothes and, and laid in a manger. Growing up, learning the scriptures, learning from his mother and his father, and then proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. No, this is a violent wind like a hurricane and fire descending down from heaven to rest on God's people. This is a beautiful, powerful day. And it's for every day. Because what I've learned... In that crazy night in Brazil, when I have no idea what I said, I have no earthly idea what Jim said to those people that night, and I sure don't know what God said. But I know this, that whatever God said, he said in Portuguese that night. And he also spoke to each and every individual in that space. And those who were willing to hear responded. By the power of God, they responded in faith. That same opportunity, that 
that same day, that same force, that same power, that same spirit is with us today and every day. Because God comes to God's people and God speaks to God's people in a language and in a way and in a manner that we will hear and invites us to to respond, to get up out of our pew, to come forward, to go into the world and to offer the world Christ. And we have this promise that wherever we go, wherever we're called, that God is with us to encourage us and empower us and to lead us and will speak to the people. God will speak to the people through us. And God will say what God needs to say and what the people need to hear. Not what I think people need to hear. Not even what we think people need to hear. But what the world needs to hear. That God loves each and every one of them. Each and every one of us. That's the power of Pentecost. That's the beauty of Pentecost. That God is with us, speaking our language to each and every one of us. And He wants to do the same for the world out there. Follow His Spirit. Imagine what's said. Let us be open to hear what God has to say. You know, as we have made our way through this Grow series, we have been considering what it means to be a church, to be a congregation, to be a community that grows together, that grows in our understanding and in our faith, that grows as a church and a community Today on Pentecost Sunday, what what better way to kind of bring to a a close this series when on Pentecost Sunday, that first Pentecost, when some 3,000 people responded to God's message and to God's Spirit. Today we invite each and every one of us to reaffirm our faith, to remember, to reclaim, to reaffirm what we believe as individuals, and as a community.